Hi, Claire and James here. Just before we get stuck into this week's episode, we wanted to let you know the exciting news that the Midlife Reset Audit is now live. This is a first-of-its-kind personalised diagnostic tool designed for midlifers by midlifers. In just three minutes, the audit will help you pinpoint what's really holding you back from living your healthiest, happiest midlife, and most importantly, provide tailored strategies on how to take back control. Midlife doesn't have to be a time of uncertainty. It can be an era of growth, discovery, and well-being. So to go ahead and take the audit, go to themidlifementors.com forward slash audit. So you want to make a change so, so badly, and you're ready to try really, really hard to get it. In this short and sweet episode, we'll reveal why trying in itself is often the roadblock to success and fulfillment. Hi, I'm James Davis. And I'm Claire Davis. We're the Midlife Mentors, here to lift the lid on how to achieve health and happiness. The balanced, no-nonsense way. Hello and welcome to the Midlife Mentors. I'm James. And I'm Claire. How are you all doing out there? In this uh, strange world we live in now. Still in a strange world as we're recording this. I'm not sure where you are in the world or when this is. You might be uh, playing this even months or years or decades from now. (laughs) But um, right now we're in London. The sun is shining and I think we're on day 67 or 68 of our lockdown. But uh, we're getting the easing of restrictions now. And I think that is pretty much the story throughout... Europe um, and the US as well, I think. It's so weird when you say we're on day 60s or whatever it is. I feel like we're in a film. You know when it flashes up and it says day whatever of some apocalypse. It might feel like that to some of you actually. Well, it does actually. Just around the corner from us there's a house with um, small children living in it. And they do lots of street art with chalk. But actually... (laughs) Which are quite disturbing cartoon characters. Yeah. And I do things like Day 56 written on the pavement. And yeah. that, that makes it feel more apocalyptic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, we which, hope... Which brings me something, actually, while I'm on the subject. Oh, um, he's on one now. Someone I know just uh, posted um, a video of... Um, I'm going to kindly call them a children's entertainer. I would say clown. Oh, no, uh, I don't like But clowns. apparently demonstrating um, for kids how masks are not scary by kind of being on stage and clowning around with it and putting it all over their head. Absolutely terrifying. It's the stuff of nightmares. Oh, glad you haven't shown that to me. You're not showing that to me on purpose. I'm not showing it to you on purpose. That's the sort of thing you would show to me on purpose, <laughs> just to really scare me, because you're nice like that. <laughs> if I was thinking of wearing a mask, I think I'd be now like hiding in a cupboard, gibbering, having watched that video. Yeah, I just get reminded of it. Anyway, moving on, guys. We wanted to do a really um, short, sharp little um, episode about trying. So this has come out of... You're um, quite trying sometimes. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like it's just a comedy sketch one, this one. Um, you can see we have, we've not been out much. Anyway, you're the only people we're really talking to. So, you know, actually, we've been doing lots of kind of um, calls with uh, potential clients and also those that have become clients. And this is born out of those conversations, really. Um 
And it's really, really interesting to notice the language patterns. As you know, James and I have both got NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming backgrounds. So one of the things that um, we often notice is people's um, language. And it's really interesting how some of the people have used the word try Mm. a lot. Um, Yeah, no, I absolutely try to get up in the morning and do my workout I, I try not to eat the three chocolate bars in the evening um I try and be as healthy as I am you know as healthy as possible now I know um I'm rabbiting on here James is probably going to explain why actually that in itself guys if you say that to yourself with regards to anything that you want to achieve you're already setting yourself up for a bit of a fall. Oh yeah, I'd agree with that. So it's, it's interesting language, you know, put try and hope yeah, on the same hope. level. Um, and, and hope and try, basically, let's say it makes it makes a beggar of you. I hope this mm. thing will happen. I hope Good. I can do this. I hope I'll get this. I'll try for this. No, you need to, be, you need to believe. You need to know. Yeah. You need to know. Uh, and that's a very subtle shift in language. But, Imagine, I'll put it Imagine when when you've absolutely known for certain something's going to happen. How different are you approaching that when yeah. you're just hoping something will happen? Uh, and if you can think back to an example of that, you know what? What? How different were the results? Did you even get the thing you were hoping for? So when you commit to to knowing, um, it gives us a very different mindset and a very different motivation to go for. We're already basically subtly telling ourselves like hardwiring our brain to mm. know that we are going to achieve this thing rather than making it a little bit airy-fairy. We're a bit wishy-washy. I think basically when you say try, and listen guys, we're not um, pointing the finger at anyone. And um, by absolutely, I've done this in my life. Probably still do it to a degree with some things. But you know, when you say um, try, you know, you're already making excuses for you not potentially achieving them. And the main driver behind that, guys, um, is, in our opinion, a real lack of confidence and a real mm. lack of self-belief. And again, that's that's something that we come across all the time. That's why we work with people on their mindset and actually their self-identity, their self-beliefs and how they're limiting them. But, you know, actually using that word already, just be aware when you say that and actually look back, like James said, over times where you said, oh, I'm going to try and do that. And guess what? You probably didn't achieve it. Yeah, so in, in psychology, um, we have a thing called a, a non-confront. And this is something we don't want to face. And so we'll dance around it. Uh, and words we'll, we'll uh, use around that are typically try, hope, and the other one, but. These are all words that I'm consciously trying to remove from my vocabulary. And they have a place. Especially when you're, when you're writing, sometimes the, the but is powerful. But generally, when we use the but, it's a form, but, but. It's a form of non-confront. You know, oh... I was going to be on time, but uh, at kind of what any of you say, but it, it usually negates what you said ahead of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, it takes uh, away the power of what you've already said by saying, but, or even like, however, doesn't matter whether it's but or however, it's kind of negating, as Jane says, what you've said before. Um, one thing I wanted to say about self-belief, um, and again, I'm actually going to use an example of myself in a minute. But the thing about self-belief is, and it's exactly the same as confidence, I cannot tell you and stress enough that you do not just magically find confidence and self-belief. You do not just 
like sit there and all of a sudden, boom, you have confidence and self-belief. It is sadly, and believe me, sometimes I feel like it's really sadly, um, but you don't sadly just find it, you have to cultivate it. So only by taking a step forward without the, the self-belief actually, without the confidence, are you then going to create it for yourself? So, you know, that's one of the things we see holding people back such a lot of the time is they're waiting for the right time. Mm-hmm. I, I say on that, one thing that people often comes up is this, like go, oh, that's all very well for you to say, but what about if you, if you commit to knowing the outcome or the result and then it doesn't happen for you? Look, we're not here to, to like, cover that up or rosy paint it. Sometimes that can happen, right? The thing is, you are much, much more likely, and there's lots of research that supports this. If when you go into a state of knowing you're going to achieve, you are much more likely to achieve. The second thing is, right, failure is part of learning and part of life. Uh, I'm going to have to use a horrible word, try, but, you know, as, as Winston Churchill said, he said, show me a man who has not failed, I will show you a man who has not tried. Uh, the most successful people... And I really want to take you in. The most successful people fail all the time. All the time. Uh, let's look at really recent examples. James Dyson, you know, he just invented like the most advanced uh, electric car in the world. But he scrapped it because mm-hmm. uh, he realised the actual cost of producing it, it'd have to charge just an astronomical amount of money. Uh, it would never be viable. So that's a failure. But you would see him and see his success. Let's look at a really recent one. Um, what's his face? Elon Musk. Mm. SpaceX. Um, they just failed on their, on their launch. But do you think he sits there going, that's a failure? It's a learning. It's a learning. The most successful people, you know, probably don't even have failure in their vocabulary. When something doesn't go as they expect, it's an opportunity to learn and adjust for next time. All, all failures, I want to start thinking this way. All failure is, is feedback to you and how to approach it differently the next time around. Exactly. I think one of the takeaways from this is that, guys, entering anything with that I'm going to try is actually just setting yourself up not to succeed. You have to go in with 100% commitment, not 100% self-belief, not 100% confidence, because you are never going to go into anything with that. You're never going to eliminate fear. You're never going to have confidence and self-belief um, necessarily enough to take that step forward, but you have to take the step forward anyway. And I, and I know from my personal experience, this is what I wanted to add. You know, we, we I hope we never come across like this, but we never want to come across as preachy, like, oh, you must never say try, blah, blah, blah. Because actually, I can look back at my own life. I started a business um, with someone years and years and years ago, so before James and I got together. And I would like, at the time, I actually thought... You know, I'm 100% committed here. Um, I'm going for it. I'm giving it my all. And actually, I look back now, and there was so much, oh, I'm just going to try in me. I actually didn't do everything it took to make that successful. I really didn't. And I truly believe that's because that, oh, I hope it's going to happen. Like that Jane said, that hope is just such a prevalent word as well, which says I'm not fully committed. I was trying and hoping rather than going, you know what, I'm all in. I'm all in on this. No matter how it turns out, I'm in. And actually, I look back now, and the times where I have been all in, and I think that's something that I know about myself now, I do not need to have everything figured out. Like, James will know, you know, even the time we've been together, 
I don't have to have everything, everything figured out anymore. I just go no. for it a lot more, but 100% rather than going, oh, tentatively, I'll try. Yeah. I, Man, I had to try a lot of times to get Claire to go out with me. <laughs> and I took, each time I tried... I love you. I took it as a feedback to try a different approach next time. Oh, did, did the lunge kiss work? No, she slapped me. She... <laughs> Did just asking directly at work. No. Oh my god, I love you sharing that story. He did, guys. Actually, leaving you with a with a lovely image here. The well, first... not, not leaving. We've got more to say. <laughs> I haven't got much more to say. I oh, feel like funny. we should end on this. You know, like actually, James lunging towards me uh, for a first kiss did not work. Also, asking if I would take a turn in the gardens when he, when he was very, very drunk and could hardly walk around the garden. Was not, like... was not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky. He was. He was. Um, now, once in that, like as Claire said, you know, we, we say these things like trying to avoid those words in vocabulary. Of course, we don't art. We don't ourselves. It's a learning. It's just to bring awareness to it and catch yourself when you're doing it. You know, I still do it. I go, oh, I'll try, and I'll catch myself. And be like, oh no, I'm not going to try. Uh, as the Yo- great Yoda said, <laughs> there is no try. Do or do not. That, yeah. is, that is all. Uh, so, you know, the old thing they say, um, which is like backed up by research, is that you tell within about 10 seconds of meeting someone whether you whether you like them or not. Generally, like in 10 seconds when we speak to prospective client, we, we can tell whether That's we, we so want true. them as a client or not. Because you get the people that are like, you know what, so I will do anything to make this change in my life. I really I get people going... Well, you know, I, I might try, I'm prepared to try that or try it as long as it doesn't impact, you know, and you're just like, you know so what, true, I don't think. So a really useful tool maybe mm. for, for, for you listening is if you're thinking about a decision or a goal or an outcome you want, is just think, you know, how, how committed am I to that on a scale of one well, to ten? Well, that's what we do, isn't it, with yeah. clients, you know, and actually we say to them, you know, quite frankly anything below an eight and even an eight's a bit tentative for us anything below an eight one being not committed ten being most committed anything below an eight like honestly genuinely it might sound harsh but we know what it takes in order to to do the stuff that you know we ask people to do it's you know it is a commitment it is an exciting journey an exciting commitment but we need an eight nine or a ten in order to take those people on the journey with us because otherwise it's not worth our while either to sound really harsh no exactly but here's the thing as well right if you if you genuinely look at whatever you want in your life uh, and you're going you know what i'm not an eight or above probably that means you should park it for mm. a bit it doesn't mean forget about totally. it i want to emphasize that it may just not be the right time for you Right now, you know, our circumstances change, mm. we develop especially as people, right now, especially. stuff that's really important to you now might not be important in six months and vice versa. So um, it's just a really useful tool to check in on yourself. Yeah, with. absolutely. And there is no judgment, like James is saying, there's no judgment coming from us here or don't judge yourself. You know, it's, there's been times when I have definitely also wanted to make a commitment, but actually there's part of me saying, oh, maybe it's not the right time, maybe financially it's not, you know, and... Is that like when you dumped me by text? <laughs> I got to also do that, guys. God, I'm sound, he's making me really sound really hot. Is this a, like, <laughs> beat Claire up? 
up. Well, yeah. no, I actually see like the the rewards of sticking in there. Yeah, and, exactly. And and being confident in your outcomes. No, it is. Themselves are quite. <laughs> oh, bless you. Yeah. But it is um, like James is saying. You know, those the reason we decided to do this was because of these calls and the clients that we've taken on really recently. I think in the online space, it's really growing in popularity again because of what's been going on in the world. Everyone's become a little bit more comfortable with doing stuff online. So we've taken on more online clients, and it is definitely like it excites us when we get these people coming to us and going I'm a 10 I'm a 10 Mm. and the difference like James said between the 10 and the 7 even is absolutely massive and that's what it needs it needs to be full-on committed in order to take you through the journey basically and just on that and this is the wrapping up point you know sometimes you might be at a 10 but for some reason, you're still not quite sure. Of course, you're trying to accomplish something new, something you haven't done before. But if you have a mentor or a guide, a coach, whoever that is mm. that has, and you've told them it's a 10, you know what? We speak from experience for how we feel. When someone Don't. tells us it's a 10, then we know, we know they are going to succeed and get the outcome they're looking for, even if they can't quite hold that in their own consciousness yeah. yet. We know for them, we can bring them along. Yeah, and also just on one that, one other thing, one other thing, well, you know, we have um, a coach actually, we're working with at the moment, and we said to her, we're a 10. And actually, we meant it, and even the times where we feel like, oh God, I feel really like a seven today, because we've also committed to, to that person, she's committed to us, we've committed to her, we up our game. So that, that's the whole accountability piece, and we won't go into that now. But yeah, there's, you know, what I just want to summarise is there's no judgement on um, saying, I try, I hope. Um, we just want you to be aware of where you're doing it, and actually, um, like James said, ask yourself whether it might just not be the right time. So stop actually keep pushing yourself, pushing yourself in one direction, if actually... You're a seven or a below. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we'll probably wrap it up there. I mean, yeah. now is a really good time to think about it. Obviously, we are starting to feel like we're coming out of lockdown, I think, Thank wherever goodness. we are. And, of course, we're going to start thinking now about... Don't think about the things you think you should have achieved or down. Just forget uh, all that. The past is the past. Yeah. But we're going to start thinking about what we want to get going forward. So um, using like your check-in on how committed you are on a scale of 1 to 10 is a really useful tool for that. Absolutely. Okay, guys. Um, we would love to know your thoughts. Please, please let us know how you're doing. We will be running uh, virtual fitness retreats, uh, fitness and well-being retreats. Every uh, month. Every month now. <laughs> the last, just to wrap up, the last oh, um, three amazing. we've done. We did three in six weeks. My goodness, they have been phenomenal, like absolutely beautiful in every sense. The level of community and connection, the feedback we've had from all of you out there that have participated. We've had hundreds of you now through the door, the virtual doors. And we just thought, you know what, because it's so beneficial to everyone, we're going to do one once a month. So please, um, if you're not already, get on our mailing list. Um, you're always the ones to know first of when we're doing stuff. So um, that's all we've got to say now. It is. Sending you <laughs> a lot of love wherever you are in the world. A lot of love. And we'll speak to you again soon. Big hugs. Bye.
Yeah. You've been listening to the Midlife Mentors with Claire and James Davis. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. So drop us a line at info at themidlifementors.com with any questions or topic suggestions. And make sure you join us on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. You can find us under The Midlife Mentors. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and don't forget to take the Midlife Reset Audit now to receive personalised insights into what's holding you back from living your healthiest, happiest midlife. So go ahead and take the audit now at themidlifementors.com forward slash audit.